This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. I just saw another interesting passage right below. Um, he says in the, in, on 191, <clears throat> he says, If you see afflicted and contrite ones, preach Christ to them. Preach grace as yeah. much as you can, but not to the secure, the idle, the fornicators, the adulterers, and the blasphemers. Um, and that to me brings to mind uh, 1 Corinthians 6, uh, right. 9 and 10. Uh, I'll get to that real quick. Where... <clears throat> Where Paul says, um, where Paul says, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Um, and that, I think that's the, the sort of thing that Luther's getting at is, but such were some of you. Um, we have, you have to keep returning to the work of the law there because you can't go back to that thing as it is. That is a sort of discrete way of life. And you know, Ryan, or uh, sorry, you said, Sean, you said um, that person can't exist as it is. You know, <clears throat> you can't be a Christian and belligerently do that. Well, go back into living that life of yeah. Oh, yeah. fornication or, or whatever. And I, I think it's the way, what I was trying to say, I think you can, you can do that, mm. but you can't do it in like this happy, like you're not going to be okay. You're going to be miserable in that existence is what I'm saying. You can go and do those things mm. and live that life, but you're going to have a terrible life. Like, it's not going to be, you know, joy-filled. But is that, is that the unhappiness that comes from just the fact of sin or, or a sorrow over the sin in your life because of the law. And I think that would be a, a key distinction. Because um, if it's the latter, you're just living within the life of repentance and what you need is um, the law to do that a little bit more of work and then the grace to be spoken to you. Yeah. But if you don't have that, um, that's where you need the whole thing. You know? Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just trying to come back to the fact, fact that we're really, I think Luther's not so far off from what is going to be said by, I think, basically anybody out here if, we, if we're talking about the possibilities of the Christian life and sinning. Yeah. So it's interesting, though, that, a, a Luther, that Luther, who is more than most of the other reformers, is really bent on being very concrete and on the ground. Yeah is willing to abstract this point. Mm. Um, and maybe it's not so abstract. Maybe if people in his life viewed that way. But given that it's hypothetical, given that, you know, that person doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, Paul... It's weird that he spends time talking about it. The very things he says and condemns there in verse 15 6 are the things that he's addressing mm. to these Christians at Corinth. So yeah. it's like... He's not saying that to no effect, but Brian Chappell in the preaching class said, you know, 
He's like, everything that, all the imperatives are there because there's a lack, there's a problem, there's a fallen conditioned, or conditioned focus that's going on, you know, and so all the imperatives are addressing some want yeah. on the here. You know. It's not like he's just saying, there are these people out there, this, this is not you. No. You guys aren't drunks and swindlers and adulterers and idolaters. No, 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 you're, you know. It's not like a complete either or. I think he's trying to remind them of who right. they are in Christ. You were this way, even though in reality they are this way. Mm. <laughs> but that's not their true identity. Yeah, he, that's why he points them to their justification yeah. and their baptism and the spirit, not to, but look at your changed life. You know, you're not that way anymore. You can't do that because they're clearly belligerent. You know, they're suing each other, having, you know. Like Which gets to the issue of, you know, Christians identifying people by their sexuality, which the church is really guilty of. Mm. And, you know, saying he's a homosexual or whatever, which really defies our theology. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it does, yeah. To a Christian, to say that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't even know where to go from there, but, yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. So, yeah, can I ask a, a practical question? Sure. You know, where he says, now these are friends here that wish to be sermons in the age of the contrite, in the age of the secure. What do we think, where are we at? Are we at a clearly definable one or the other age in post-Christian America? Great question. Uh, how then shall we preach? Or is it so subjective that it's just about us exegeting our local context and churches and and doing it. Where are we at? No. Maybe that's too big of a question, but it's no, no, in my heart. I, I, no, I don't think that's too much because I, I think that for me goes back to, you know, Byers' thesis about in, in our modern age, we are both. We are both entirely secure and yet entirely anxiety-riddled about who we are to be. Um, I, and I think it's got to be a mix of the general and the particular. <clears throat> as ministers, you have to work and work and work, as Luther says, so that you can become filled with that theological certainty that comes from knowing how the law and gospel work on you. Because the work of the law and gospel is not supposed to give you anything other than absolute certainty or an excess of certainty in God's promises for you. But in terms of applying it, I think it's got to be... Um, pastorally discerned in local context. And that becomes really difficult. Um, you know, we've got a church of 180 people where, I, where I'm at. Yeah. And it's mostly just, just rich white people, like very rich white people. It's kind of a monolithic um, church in that way. Um, those people need the gospel, but they also have to hear the law because the, the world just isn't telling it to them in so many ways other than right. the rat race. Mm -hmm. The rat race gives them the law, but we have yeah. to give them an, the gospel in a way that doesn't just assist them in the rat race, but frees them from it in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know how to, how to work it in a place that's bigger. Yeah, yeah megachurch makes things problematic. Bigger churches make things problematic mm -hmm. in that respect. Totally. Because you don't want to boil it down to lowest common denominator um, law gospel, which you'll be assisted in some ways just by the fact that you have to preach the text. Right. Um, and the text 
should lead you into finding ways to properly distinguish law and gospel in a way that's faithful to Scripture in, in such a way that you can trust that the Holy Spirit is at work because that is God's external word. Um, what do you think about it? I don't really know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hear and I agree with the sentiment that there are so many parallels between medieval Roman church and modern Western American evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. There's lots of, we have our own kind of system of indulgences and it's propagated and perpetuated in the culture of worship and our, and our evangelical liturgies mm -hmm. uh, and our evangelical homilies. Um, but I, I do think it's more complex than that. Yeah especially as I think of particular evangelicals that I minister to, mm. you know, or that come from those churches. It gets, it just gets more dicey than saying, ergo, preach just radical gospel, free grace, this kind of wild, unwieldy thing, which, I mean, our church has been kind of committed to given what we perceive as the um, evangelical landscape. And it's obviously been, been doing some good work, I think, in the lives yeah. of individuals who felt so shackled by this closed law-bound system. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. It feels incomplete other, otherwise, I guess, and, and maybe too, it feels like it's read the book too well and the book's deeper than we might think it is. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, that's a problem in relating the, the big L law to the little L law, is that the little L law can fill you with anxiety and it can point out sort of all the problems of modern life, but it's not the ultimate diagnosis. Um, so I, that, yeah. in, that, in that sense, you know, no yeah. matter how exhausted or beaten down people are by the world, um, there still has to be that theological big L law which says this is what that actually means. Right. This is how you can understand what's happening um, in your life in the world because you're hearing all these sort of <clears throat> distorted laws and distorted um, voices pointing you to the law perhaps, but it won't make sense without showing the law that is in relationship to the gospel. Yeah. So that, that's my thing about preaching you know, the radical grace stuff. And I was like, yeah, grace is entirely radical. It's for everyone. But they'll only understand it if that need is pointed out. Yeah, yeah there, I don't have anything concrete other than thinking through. I think through church contexts where almost everything is a little L law mm. in their ser sermonizing. And then when they do preach the gospel, the entire sermon is just... It's okay, God loves you. You don't have to do anything. But and people don't. People are having trouble putting it together. Yeah. And so, wait a minute. I don't have to do this anymore. Second like, well, No, that's. I, they don't know. God just loves me. All right. So and so people don't. I see kind of. Um, not to not to offend or make fun of anybody with this condition, but I see kind of a schizophrenic evangelicalism, mm. not knowing when to go to the law and when to go to the gospel, mm -hmm. and, and not understanding how grace actually works. 
And so I think we don't just need a robust explication of the law yeah. and how it applies, especially to pharisaical hearts. Yeah. At least that's my context. So I think through that. I'm trying to think through that a lot. This class is forcing me to do that. But also, every particular angle of the gospel can find its way in in light of the law, yeah. not just this cheap grace. Oh, okay, well, God loves me. It doesn't matter what I do. Well, no, that's, no, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. Yeah. A cheap law and a cheap grace. That's right. Little old law, you almost say little mini gospel. Yeah. Rather, rather than killing law and free grace. Right, right, right. Yeah. Vivifying grace. Mm-hmm. Grace that raises the dead. Yeah. Because I don't think you're sitting here thinking about, no, about little old law, big old law, preaching and all that. You know, you can preach little old law. And obviously it just becomes trite and then a little G grace comes out and there's just no real place. But when it's preached well, it seems, and I don't preach, uh, you preach capital L law, but you've got to ground it in people's experience in day-to-day life. Yeah, yeah. And so that yeah. comes out as little L law. Right. Illustrations and a way right. of connecting to a, a, dying, a mother who's dying with exhaustion or yeah. somebody who's lost in the idolatry of work or whatever else. But it gets lost when we stay there. We never come back connected to, yeah. you know, covetousness. It's probably, I mean, that's, thank God for thou shalt not covet because that's our way mm-hmm. in. That's the way in for a preacher to connect the law of God to the little old laws which riddle our lives. Where we really are in need of a, no, I'm preaching. <laughs> we're in need of a word. Right. That's what I've been sitting here thinking about when you were talking yeah. It's almost unmasking the little L laws that they actually are the voice of big L law. You've got to make that connection. That's what I'm hearing right now as part of this class is, you know, how careless we can be, you know, as a church, the evangelical reformed church, um, you know, our church, the yeah. church that we're all part of, mm-hmm. um, how careless we can be when we just sort of play with little L laws and give them a little G grace. You know, C.S. Lewis is, we're just sort of playing with mud pies in the sand, but right across the way is a holiday at sea. That sort of thing. Yeah, that's... that's the memory. Yeah. I, uh, I'm always, whenever I hear a sermon that mentions, mentions anxiety in this mm-hmm. sort of little well <clears throat> way, I'm always like immediately tuned in because that's one of my things, like dealing with anxiety. Yeah. But it's always disappointing when you don't get to the root of it. Like, mm-hmm. what, right. where's my anxiety right. stem from? It's, it's, it's sin that's caused by unbelief. You know, it's a fear of... Insecurity, fear. It's a fear of failure. What yeah. am I, why am I afraid of failing? Um, what can undo that fear? It's, um, it's merely therapy, not death and resurrection. Right. Yeah, the gospel can't be Valium. Like, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah gospel's resurrection. It's not yeah. balm. Yeah. It's balm and resurrection. It was really balm. I can't remember who it was. I don't disagree with the hospital. Uh, I mean, the church is a hospital for sinners rather than a country club for saints. But wouldn't it be better if we even recast it and says, the church is a hospice. Mm. Come, we'll help you die well. <laughs> and I thought, wow, isn't that great? Mm. You know, take the people with anxiety. And give them the hard work. Come to us, and we'll finish the job. We'll help you die well. We're not going to give you a value. We're not going to sort of, you know, the thirst for glory is not sadly it's not overcome by 
extinguishing it, but by killing it. Yeah. Still so helping out well. It wasn't Swirlo. Who works with Bill Swirlo? I can't remember. I'll find it later. I did. I love that. Do you think what you were describing Rory, is like the why behind the what? Mm. And and a lot of preaching doesn't get to that. It's, you know, stop doing this or you should be doing that, but it doesn't really tell us why we do that. The yeah. sin beneath the sin, which tells us so good at yeah, he's much too, is it? Um, and you know, which is usually some some idol, but then you know you've got this host of neo reform guys that are like spending their entire sermon now like dissecting why we do what we do, and, and then and then there's the little gospel too, you know, or the gospel can be a tag on it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, getting to the why behind the what is, I, I think, really important. I, you know, that, that, that move from little L to big L in that sense of applying the law to real lives is really, really hard to do. Yes. Because it can just be so trite. Yeah. Or, like, well, of course, your anxiety is just rooted in the fact that you need Jesus. Like, right. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. help anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But doing, do, making that move from big L to little L well can be a form of moving from law to gospel. Yep. As people see that yep. my real problem is rooted in a real you know, need for Christ. Um, but, man, discerning that out. Uh, I, we're going to come to this passage in a little bit. But, um, it is 11.16. Yeah, yeah. I just, wanted, I just wanted to say, Luther said, <clears throat> Luther says, it is therefore very difficult to be a pastor and provide care for souls. Amen. Uh, I like triple starred that puppy. You gotta, we got to remind ourselves of that. And you take the... Courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one week or semester length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.